The following episode may contain themes, languages, and situations that may not be suitable for the general audience. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Mic test one two three. Mic test one two three. Mic test one two three. That, my friend, is what you call a fucking burp. Okay, we're gonna start right now. All right, time check is nine thirty in the morning on a Tuesday morning in the Philippines. Um, the whole point here is like this is supposed to be produced and uploaded on a Monday night in the Philippines, but I just decided to you know what, fuck that shit. I'm just going to upload this on a Monday night California time. And if you have a fucking problem with that, you can go ahead and fuck yourself. But no one has a problem with that, so I just really need to fucking. Okay, let me just practice a little bit. I've been practicing like the whole time. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm gonna like upload this shit or not at this part, actually. But um, I'm just really trying out the whole thing. I am recording without a. I am recording without a. Um, what do you call that? I am recording without a stretcher those lips we need to stretch those lips if you really want to present properly you need to stretch those fucking lips honey it's all about muscular play when you present it's about your throat it's about your diaphragm it's about your lungs how you hunch how you want to be uh what do you call that in english how do you want to be perceived by your audience do you want to sound like you're just so fucking cool or you want to sound like this and you know, like, be a fucking, like, pop star. And you sound like someone's very, like, happy and just never sad in their lives. Or you can practically just, like, talk really normally, just like how you talk. So, yeah, that's just, uh, it's really, I know that it's a voice play, but that's not the whole point of this podcast. I have my script here, but let me just, like, do freestyle, okay? I think I need to do freestyle first, because it's different when you're practicing without the microphone, and you're practicing with a microphone, but you're not recording it, and it's really different when you look at the wavelengths already. Um, let's being that, and just, like, have to remind myself what, what it is, really, this podcast is all about. Okay, let's get back from the start. <laughs> I'm supposed to like practice the vowels, right? Well, the last part is actually the Y. The Y is not really a con, it's not really a vowel, but it can be like a consonant. Well, in American English enunciation, you put like the Y sound in between vowels. If there are two vowels spelled together, but you enunciate it with a letter Y sound in between, I don't know what that's called technically, but that's it. So if I practice before a performance or a hosting or whatever, I usually do the stretching of the mouth and the tongue and like vibrate your whatever it is using the vowels of the American English alphabets. And then I put the Y at the end just to really do the tongue thing. Let's do that again. Welcome to Studio Historius Meditations. That's the letter A, you need to like just really open your damn motherfucking mouth. And then there's the letter E. The whole point there is like you really have to widen your tongue, like left to right, east and west. Yeah. 
And then there's the Those are your cheek muscles, love. And your lips. And then the That's your uvula. For fucking sure. The sprouting your lips. Make sure like you do make that sound. And then the Y thing. Okay, I need to stick my tongue really far out. Oh my god. I hate doing the lap smart. This is the gag reflex and shit. Oh my god, did I just really practice how to talk properly? I mean, if you want to sound really good, what you do, you need to fucking warm up. So this is me warming up for the performance. I mean, this is already episode two. We need to fucking level up, honey. Welcome to the brand new season of Podcast Historias. My name is Alfaka Perpetua, and this is your late night radio comedy talk feature commentary and interviews. Let's do that again. Welcome to the brand new season of Podcast Historias. My name is Alfaka Perpetua, and this is your late night radio comedy talk feature commentary and interviews. I think that's it. Is that right? I think it's that great. That's great. Whatever. The moist chocolate cake. I have an issue with a moist chocolate cake. The very existence of a moist chocolate cake sold in stores also proves that somewhere out there, there is a dry chocolate cake. A dry as fuck chocolate cake. Parched, withered, desiccated, dehydrated chocolate cake. The audacity of that someone to defy the laws of nature, man. Imagine plainly eating it without water or milk or your overpriced watered-down coffee. Just you, your problems, and that dry-as-fuck chocolate cake. Like, finally, a cake as dry as your mouth, your humor, and your inevitable future. Dirty pop, I'm sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about... What's the deal with this pop life and when is it gonna fade out, out, out? Oh, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and it just happens at some point. Like, I kind of wrote this fucking script, like, last week. And it just so happens, like, yesterday, just before the Golden Globes. Okay, I'm talking about, I know, I know. I'm not gonna make this episode more like, oh, it's gonna be, like, an everyday thing. It's gonna be current, whatever. But that's just current affairs and current issues and current whatever. But this is just really what happened, like, in the last 24 hours. So, apparently, before the Golden Globes, Justin Timberlake decided, and his team, uh, for sure, Justin Timberlake just deleted everything. Not really everything. Just archived. Archived 
all of his posts and deleted his um, profile pic on Instagram. I don't know if that's been dated now as we speak, which is basically around 9.40 in the morning here in the Philippines, which is basically 9.40 p.m. in New York. Um, but yeah, it just like just happens that I was like writing about Justin Timberlake and then all of a sudden like that's the news that's been circulating around my, my secret finsta. Remember the demise of Justin Timberlake? You know, like Britney Spears' book, um, The Woman in Me. I think that's the title. Um, if you haven't read it, it's uh, Britney Spears is, uh, wrote an autobiography. And uh, she wrote, you know, she, it was her avenue to really express herself, what has happened. And um, it was stopped by the press. That was the story. I mean, Justin Timberlake's team was really trying to halt it. And the rest, I guess, because they're trying to figure out if they have, if they've, you know, they, they have a brand to protect for sure. But it's just really funny because before it was even available for purchase, both hard copy and soft copies and the audiobook, um, the audiobook formats, it wasn't really like promoted that much. You know, it was just really silent. It's another type of like silent promotion. Actually, it's a promotional strategy. What I'm saying is Britney's audiobook being read by Michelle Williams. And Michelle Williams had to <laughs> read an excerpt. No, like the excerpt that was promoted was about Justin Timberlake and um, Justin Timberlake. No, no, no. That's the whole point. Like Michelle Williams was reading it in the voice of Britney Spears. Okay. So she was literally Britney Spears and she has to narrate. Um, she has to act as if she, he, she was Justin Timberlake and Justin Timberlake trying to make it, you know, trying to make it at the time. So like all the latter and just really trying their best apparently to be a black person. <laughs> It's just one of the funniest things you could ever hear. Um, and it's Michelle Williams. Do you get what I mean? Like it's being read by Michelle Williams. Imagine Michelle Williams reading excerpts, let alone narrating an audiobook. If you don't know Michelle Williams, she's the widowed wife of the late Heath Ledger. But I know of her in the noughties, in the early noughties, or early noughties meaning early 2000s, noughties with an O, not an A, not naughty and nice, but noughties with an N-O-U-G-H-T-I-E-S. Apparently, it's a British term for during that decade. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is like, I know of Michelle Williams because of Dawson's Creek. So Dawson's Creek at the time was aired in a now defunct Philippine um, TV channel called Studio 23 and uh, Michelle Williams acted beside Pacey, I forgot his name, Johnson something and uh, Katie Holmes as well and the other guy, the blonde guy with blonde children. Anyway, I'm not going to mention their names, but like that's how I knew Michelle Williams. There are like four of them. And uh, yeah, I knew via Dawson's Creek. And um, yeah, it was like kind of interesting that it was them, like her and Heath Ledger. If you guys don't know Heath Ledger, we're not going to expect everyone knows Heath Ledger here. Heath Ledger is the, um, the one who played Joker in Christopher Nolan's Batman. And uh, Heath Ledger is pretty big. Uh, it was more prominent from with the mainstream audience through the the rom-com flick 10 things i hate about you and uh she, he acted with julia styles julia styles the girl there the 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 troubled girl and um you know julia styles right the blonde girl who starred in the movie save the last dance save the last dance is a movie again in the mid noughties i think or late noughties but for sure it was in high school at that time so it's early noughties 
And, um, you know, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a predominantly black movie and, and her role there was like, she's the only Caucasian in the school and she tried to dance and, uh, the Gen Z crowd online just got hold of it. And one of them created a movie review and, uh, it caught up. It was roasting its plot in social media and it somehow it, just kind of pushed SNL to invite Julia Stiles to have a cameo dancing, uh, recreating the dance with the infamous chair dance and save the last dance. So yeah, that's just like how I, I don't know why. I really be out here fucking correlating all of these information from moist chocolate cake, dirty pop, Justin Timberlake to Julia Stiles at some point. Oh, that's just how my mind works, baby. You're just living in my world. Enough of this nonsense, for real. Let's talk about the episode. So this is episode two. Welcome to episode two, ladies and men, I think. Um, it's titled, So Where Did You See Me Go? So uh, let me tell you again. Let me remind you what Erase and Rewind is. It's a new season of Podcast Stories. It's the fourth season, and it's going to be a different um, format. It's a um, still the same. Podcast Historias is still a comedy and comedy interviews uh, edutainment. That means it's educational and entertainment as much as I want to really think about it. Even though it's not, I just have to delude myself that it is. And if it's not, just shut the fuck up because I'm going to fake it until I make it. Okay? It is educational. No matter what you say, no matter what other people think, Podcast Historias will be educational. All right? And if you believe otherwise, then you can go ahead and fuck yourself. The type for this season is going to be monologue narrative, but the format is going to be like late night FM radio talk and commentary. And the topic and themes will be more or less trip down memory lane on, um, on a lot of things and, uh, personal mental health. And so it's basically just still science and music and arts. And, you know, since podcast stories, we'll be talking about music, arts, science and sex education and health. So it's, we'll be based on those, um, categories and topics and themes. But for now, for this season, I'm not, I'm sorry, for this episode, rather, I'll be doing a trip down memory lane on Sibu music and my personal mental health. It's basically me pausing and retracing what really happened. But I mean, like, I can go ahead and, like, make up some stuff. But this is what I remember. Um, as much as I want to talk about other people, I can't do that because that's not the type of podcast episode this is. I mean, I could go ahead and talk about and how fucked up and everyone else. Or maybe I could talk about, like, you know, how was and but i can't mention that because that's just not the type of person i am as much as i want to really convince myself but um yeah where did you see me go where did i see me go where did i go actually i'm just practically here in cebu city if i'm not really sure if you're gonna be like interested about this but um yeah this is gonna be a lot of like self-talk all right um so brace yourself. You can go ahead and just like stop listening to this podcast episode and just listen to the rest of the seasons because the the previous seasons there were a lot of information out there. And uh, I actually created like playlists on Spotify if you want to check it out. But um, but for this episode, we're just going to talk about where I did go. So let's talk about the past. I was predominantly in an all-girl private school. Well, predominantly all-girls and I started playing the guitar at seven, eight years old. I'm mostly self-taught with the help of this guitar chord chart pages from torn from song magazine volumes called Song Hits back in the day. So basically, classically trained for guitar playing for five years, starting at 11 or 12 years old. So it was like fifth grade, sixth grade. And um, I was taught more on the solfege side of sight reading music things through the use of the Spanish guitar, which is the nylon strings. It's that like thin and wide guitar stem kind of guitar, like the whole 
do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do stuff. Guitar notes, quarter notes, dotted notes, whatever. So we basically like hold the Spanish guitar, we look at the music staff, not really music staff, like the music reading and the notes thing. And it's on G clef and we just like play classical guitar. That's it. So read the notes. But apparently, solfege is a type of music reading that is more on the European side. The, the American apparently type of reading is tabs and I've never under, really understood tabs. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's really easy to understand, but at some point, if you've spent most of your music life reading notes and just like slaving, understanding dotted notes and shit, like it, it's just, fucking annoying that there's a simpler way of reading it in a guitar tab you know whatever i was mediocre at its best um i've got performance anxiety most especially during mandatory annual musical school recital events this is when like where music student students are to wear formal clothes and i wasn't a fan of being on stage let alone be in formal clothes let alone be in front of parents and teachers all right, but I do respect the whole ordeal. It's part of the program, so it is after all the practical tests. So I participated in it, but I really beginning to think that that's where my performance anxiety really started off. Like I'm just not really comfortable being on stage and just like performing. I mean, like yeah, I know, I know, I know how to play. Do I really need to prove it to most people? And do I really have to put on makeup? You know, like I have lots of um, questions. I was whining, but at some point, um, I you know. I just participated and just like shut the fuck up and just went on it anyway. So that was like around like in, until high school. At 17 and 18 years old, I found my niche in radio broadcasting and I started at uh, CHR radio. Uh, I'm sorry, CHR's contemporary hit radio format where I learned all the nitty gritties on full commercial audio production and audio show design as well as radio presenting. So it was one hell of a workshop. It was a male dominated work. Radio responded better with male DJs. And if you're going to be a female DJ, you really need to have the looks for it because like females are just objectified like that back in the day. But I call these years like the blackout years from 2005 and 2010 where I literally can barely remember anything. What I do know is I was floating in between random life events. So while I was doing random session, I mean, I randomly sessioned as a guitarist for rock and reggae bands. I tried to see if formal education was for me. I got in an exclusive workshop that targeted seasoned Filipino journalists, uh, documentarists, and directors. Um, I What else did I do? I taught science, English, and music to the upper-class kids. Um, so I was basically an autodidact out of necessity. An autodidact is someone who's self-taught or who practically learns more when they're teaching themselves. You know, that's what an autodidact is. Uh, but more or less because I compensated for the lack of traditional tertiary education for me. Um, so I bore myself through textbooks of like journalism, communications, and marine science. I mean, the more I understood that all of these do not give me the quick and easy credibility that my friends have for earning a diploma at the time, the more I made sure I have to offset myself with the amount of hours and hours of deliberate practice and execution. So I just really have to overcompensate. Um, that's what I remember during that time. I mean, I couldn't really remember like the, the, the whole ordeal, but um, this is practically just like a rough memory lane on what it is really but yeah during that time as well since 
you know, you're overcompensating, right? Like you don't have a diploma, so you just really have to learn everything. And um, I was doing music uh, the in between, so but then I'm more not really interested with the music performance or like how to be the best guitarist ever. I I was more interested with the behind the scenes and the production area. So I followed local personalities that were campaigning to level up Cebu music at the time as more than a scene and they have this ambition to make it like an industry. So I subtly observed and took notes on whatever they were talking about, um, which is basically intellectual property and music as a business. Um, and part of that learning was I practically saw the conceptualization and development of the successful campaign and brand called Vispop. Why do I say it's successful? Because commercially, it really did drive one of the things that really drove Bisaya as a language as part of the, you know, it, it, all I'm saying, it's not saying that Bisaya wasn't like a thing before because it was used via rock. It, the rock genres, the reggae genres, the most especially the rap and rock music, but with the pop side of things, it was cringy. So they were trying to associate the Bisaya language with more on the pop indie or like a very western so they're trying the the whole point that how i understand it in production side it's just really partnering the language with a different type of music arrangement or music genres like it shouldn't be just like it's we're still stuck in the 1970s or the 1980s kind of thing you know like it never really grew with that and uh i saw the whole development and conceptualization about it and i wasn't really part of the group but like it's really kind of interesting to see it in a third point of view more discussion of that in the next episodes, but I'm just having a trip down memory lane right now. Um, what else have I done? Ah, I saw an opportunity to make a childhood dream come true. To be finally an FM rock radio DJ. So yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the coolest things that I've ever did. And it was, um, it wasn't even like, I wasn't obsessing about it. Like some people create like vision boards and they write it. No, I wasn't. But I do know that's really stuck in my head because I've been listening to um, rock radio since I was like a little kid. And uh, I didn't listen to it because of the music. Well, music is part of it. But I was more interested on how the DJs had programmed the shows and make it more interesting. How it was really funny because I would listen to the, when I had the time, I would spend my weekends just analyzing how it's done for the whole day. Like I would listen to the morning jock and I would listen to the midday draw, not midday drive, midday jock. So that's the 10 to 2 p.m. So when you're a morning jock, that's really different because you're targeting a different type of audience. The midday jock sounds different because you're supposed to be fucking boring. <laughs> That's the whole point. And then there's the afternoon jock, which is really like, you know, you're, you need to perk up a little bit because the premium, I'm sorry, the prime time will start around like four or five. That's where the traffic comes in. And like when there's traffic, people listen to the radio back in the day. There's the evening jock where you kind of like from the climax to like die down to, you know, to just like being really cool and whatever, but it's closing time at around nine o'clock. And then there's the late night shows. Now, here's the funny thing, and I'm going to say it because, you know, there's no, 
there's no not NDA being signed here, but like all I'm saying is like I remember back in the day, this was like 20 years ago, okay? 20 years ago, I remember they would say they couldn't do whatever they wanted to do during in the mornings because it's being monitored by radio monitors. I know that there's a, there's a group in the Philippines where it regulates and monitors TV and radio and movies, okay? There's a there's literally like a like a like a group or an association for that. And um for you to still keep running as a business, you really need to behave. Do you get what I mean? But then they know that the the monitoring stops at around like 8 o'clock or 9 p.m. So they could practically say whatever they want <laughs> after 9 o'clock. That's also where the advertising or the sales like really low. So I mean, it's the same as everything, right? Like there's like ads and sales and like there are more commercials during prime time because that's where... It- I'm sorry, I just really have to stop the recording or like have to get out of the recording because having a dog might be one of the best things that has happened to a person. It's also the worst thing that could happen, but not really the worst. It's just like they just do these things, all right? And one of them is just vomiting out of nowhere, not because they're something wrong. They're just dogs. They just like vomiting sometimes. And it's an indoor dog, so I have to... Okay, that's like pretty much TMI. Where was I? Oh yeah, so talking about the ones to monitor the radio waves and radio stations, uh, you know, police, police, policing, <laughs> is that the term? They police the, um, the shows and the programs and like around eight to nine, they could practically like do whatever they want to do. So that's why it's called late night radio shows where it's just like really fun but yeah that's uh practically it around 2010 but then five years later and these were this is where it really did start like these were fucking tricky years generally as humans okay to be more explicit about it our you know you and i our prefrontal cortex which is basically that part of the brain on your forehead area becomes well-developed matured and fully accomplished at 25 years old. And the scientists and researchers call this the, the maturation of maturation, maturation of the adolescent brain, meaning in layman's terms, our autopilot for learning and sponging and shaping ourselves are now on manual mode because that area of your brain, what makes you a higher species anyway, according to the scientists, is important for you know, complex behavioral performances, since that's where, that's the region of our brain where it helps us accomplish executive brain functions. That means like anything that deals, you get what I mean, you know, like executive brain functions. So you're going to decide whether you're going to eat that or are you going to decide to fucking jump off a cliff, you know, that kind of thing. Just, that's just how it is. But it doesn't really fully mature until we're 25. So technically, if you're still 23, 24, 20, whatever, early 20s is still technically, still that you still have a teenager brain. And in other words, being an adolescent technically ends at 25 and not 18. And we technically become adults at 25 and not 18. And it's actually one of the most depressing things I've ever learned. I mean, no wonder, you know, like literally, like just go back to where you are and you practically understand why you did things what you did. And and imagine like your brain is still developing and you have like, you've experienced 
life-altering experiences in the middle. And if you don't have anyone or anything like a support system to help you like guide or of course people are going to go astray. Well, the whole point there is not necessarily the trauma or the experiences or whatever. It's actually just like helping out the person really adapt to life, real life, real world, real people and function in them. So yeah, like that's just how I see it. And, um, but it doesn't mean it's too late because, you know, there's neuroplasticity. It's just not autopilot. We just really have to manually do it already. Like that means you just really have to be more intentional because you can practically train your brain and it's been studied and researched more or less, but don't believe me. Okay. If I am going to say that the world is round, please do not fucking believe me. Right. If I say like, oh, look, it's raining, please doubt me. I have this motto that I'd like to share with you, but you can go ahead and like just stop this fucking podcast if you don't want to listen. Like practically, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast episode anyway? But all I'm saying is, all right, I have this motto that I tell myself. It's this two sides of the coin thing in my head. Like you don't need to be a mathematician to know the Pythagorean theorem. And at the same time, just because you know the Pythagorean theorem doesn't mean you're a mathematician either. Do you get what I mean? So it's like both sides. So I, I know that I'm not a psychologist. I know that I'm not a neuroscientist. I know that I'm not a marine biologist. But like the things that I'm saying is basically things that we've learned in elementary and it's readily available online. That means it's not really exclusive. Anyone could read it and learn more about it. It's actually part of basic science textbooks. And what I just said about, you know, your brain developing at 25, that's basically like just one of the most foundational information for neuroscience or for psychology. You get what I mean? But it's, it's kind of unfair if I'm going to say like, oh, this is why I would, you know, I can't say that because I'm, Unless if I have like a lot of references and I try to argue it, but this is not the, this is not the podcast episode for that. But what I'm saying is like, I love to meet my smart listeners. I don't think I have idiot listeners. I do think now in my universe, and you have no choice but to live in my universe right now, in my universe. Okay. I am entertained and I actually kind of connect or I feel represented and the rest of the guys with Gardner's multiple theory of intelligences where you could be musically inclined. You could be, you could be really smart in languages and sciences, natural sciences, interpersonal, interpersonal skills, and so on and so forth. You get me? Like they're like around eight or nine, but then let's just pretend there's eight. So why do I say my friends are morons? Because they're so good at what they know and yet so fucking dumb at what they do. Do you get what I mean? Like they're so good in math. But it, when it comes to just basic bedside manners, there's none. They're so good at being self-aware and shit. But then when it comes to natural sciences, they don't even know why trees exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? For people like me who are, again, mediocre at our best, I like passing. I like a passing grade. I don't really reach for the stars. I just reach for the atmosphere, you know, like I don't do self-love right away. I think it's best to just like, like myself first. So with a gardener's multiple into a theory of intelligences, there are like around eight or nine of them. Let's just say like eight or seven, at least I'd like to get five over seven or five over eight, you know, like not one out of eight. Like you're so good at math, but then you're like bad at everything else. That's just deliberately ignorant, man. That's like a fucking moron. Like, I, I mean, you know, 
So when I kind of notice that I'm starting to just be like three out of eight, I really stop myself because I do not like being a fucking moron. Like that's just something <laughs> I don't want to be. I can be an idiot, you know, I can be like stupid and dumb, but like that's just part of being human, you know, like functional mistakes, like deliberately making mistakes because you're trying to deliberately practice and zero. Again, I always say this, like you're zero, you want to zero in on your weaknesses. It's part of the preparation so that you'll have that, you'll be on the zone, you know, in the zone, you'll be in the flow of whatever, like you're really an expert with. Let's say you practice so much and suffer so much with guitar playing that at some point when you're on stage, it's just like easy peasy lemon squeezy, you know, but then only getting one out of it. Come on, you know, come on. Can you just at least get a B plus with some of the things? like me my interpersonal skills are like so amazing you know so i just really need to fucking force myself in just getting at least a c on it to get what i mean that's all i'm saying like mediocres is why they become billionaire of entrepreneurs anyway you just really have to be average but you have to like if you're gonna be average don't be half-ass about it you just have to be high average or above average too much of a good thing is also like a bad thing at some point i guess so that's what i'm trying to say i'm going back with the thing that I was saying is that again understanding the whole stupid science shebang i wouldn't really blame myself for all the moronic stuff that was said and done before and uh also you know what random thing also the plural for stuff is just stuff all right without an s it's a it's a it's a noun so when you say a lot of stuff just stop there don't put an s because if you're gonna put an s on stuff it becomes a verb okay and it when it becomes a verb you put an s that means it's more like a singular verb kind of thing mamalihukog sense sa tanan salamat daan send to all palihog milita mag stuff stuffs ha stuff lang stuff stuff a lot of stuff but you can say like stuffs like i like she stuffs it in your in your ass you know <laughs> are you stuffing a turkey yes i have stuffed it with a lot of spices that's the verb stuff stuff as in the noun is just stuff on the other hand the word species is both singular and plural form as a noun species all the way an elephant is a species of animal you don't say species my fucking god please i cannot oh my god i'm triggered i i always trigger myself every time i fucking record a podcast episode oh my god okay so delete them like species species huh <laughs> species lana please <sighs> You know what? I, I really am very proud of myself. I am not this angry whenever I talk about these things. All right. There are a lot of grammatical shit out there, but then, you know, I've learned myself to just be, you know, the world is flat. Okay. Whatever. Whatever makes you happy. It makes me happy as well. Anyway, obviously I'm tired to, I'm tired of talking about myself. That's why I've been like doing segue shit about different things. language. But let's continue because I'm following a fucking script and guideline here. So what's 2010 to 2015? Basically, I gave up guitar playing for a lot of reasons. All right? Don't even fucking ask. But I just stopped. I've been playing the guitar since I was like six, seven, eight years old. Basically around seven. And uh, I've been studying it. And um, I played session for guitar for like uh, a couple of bands here and there but at some point in 2010 it's just like it's it's just i mean i know of it you get me it's familiar 
but the problem was I'm not in love with it anymore. You know, I love the guitar. If I see it, I understand it. I I know guitar playing. Not necessarily everything, because there are more people there like very fucking experts, like as if they've not they haven't done anything in their lives rather than play the guitar. Me meaning they spend more or less at least four hours a day practicing. You know, it's more than ten thousand hours of practice of guitar playing and not just like acoustic guitar. They've have a lot of formats of stringed instruments. They could play like the the piano. They, they know how to play. Yes, piano is a stringed instrument, my love. Um, they play how they know how to play the ukulele. They know how to play this acoustic guitar. There are like types of acoustic acoustic guitars. They play the electric guitar. There are like types of electric guitar, and then they're like the gadgets. Like they really are fucking obsessed with it, and I'm not. I am not obsessed. I'm this very disinterested with with gadgets. I'm just not into that. And guitar playing just feels like I think it's time for me to move on and really focus on something else. So you know, and um, that's just it. I just like kind of retired from playing it, I guess, professionally and leisurely. Um, I still play the guitar every now and then because, like, you can't unlearn the guitar. I always say this: you can't unlearn the the sign of the cross, and you can't unlearn music playing. There's even like studies and proofs that even like folks that have suffered dementia and Alzheimer's when and they're like pian they're piano players and they're still a- being able to play the music because that's like a different part of your brain you know it's uh it's just something that's just pretty amazing with the human brain to be honest it's uh very interesting to really read more about that and I'd, I'd rather like read science and learn science actually than play the guitar but sometimes they're like earworm music in my head and i just need to play it and i have this five minute musical study that i have to learn the music i mean i have to learn the song in like under five minutes and i have and after that like i'm done it just literally feels like i'm horny you know i just need to fuck someone and after fucking that's it it's the same with the guitar playing like i just need to play the damn guitar and that's it like there's no purpose it's just a need it's not a want anymore but you know in terms of compensating for not really pursuing traditional education, um, I decided to really learn more about digital content because I was just really interested. I'm still in love with production, actually. So I really, I mean, I decided to get my hands on anything, distributing and publishing. And um, But I also have to understand what type of learner I am. Like my primary learning type is actually reading and writing and kinesthetic. What does that mean? It means my need to write and read and get my hands on things are my primary ways to learn. Visual is next. I'm not interested in visuals actually, which I'm, yeah, again, usually disinterested in. And auditory or oral being the least favorite, which is pretty ironic, right? Since I specialize in podcasts and radio, (laughs) I don't, and I'm not an auditory learner. So unless I see a physical representation of sound or I have to look at your lips while talking wholesomely, okay? Don't think otherwise. Disclaimer lang tadaan. Please do not punish me for not listening or not comprehending what you're saying. I just somehow do not 
understand the concept of sound sometimes. Like I don't, I mean, I comprehend sound. I know that it's coming from, I know that it's coming from an electric fan. I know the sound is like rain. I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not, thank God, like I can still hear things. But when someone talks, I just sometimes just really need a subtitle or I just really need to see the wavelengths of it. Like, how does it look like? Is she laughing? Is he mumbling? What is he trying to say? That's why, like, it's just not me for sure. There are a lot of people who don't really listen to what you say. They just look at you. Let's say they're visual learners, so they look at how your eyes twitch, how are you sweating, your body language. They need, because they learn better with what they see. I learn better with what I read. I learn better with what I comprehend. I learn better when I'm when I have hands-on experience with it. So, yeah, somehow, kind of. Just you really have to really learn what type of learner you are. And uh, that's, and if you're like around your 30s and you still don't know what type of like learning style that you have, then it's, I think it's time for you to really learn so that this is going to help you thrive in the future for sure. That means you will know which part of whatever it is that you're not going to thrive on. I think that's like one of the really, I wish I could have learned earlier and I wouldn't have wasted my time on a lot of things. So, distributions and publishing. Um, I had an experience through literature, right, in terms of books and related supplementary content. So, one of them is like audiobooks and uh, other promotional content and strategies. So, me, I learned, I mean, at the end of the day, I could say like, I identify as a washing machine, or I identify this and that, but at the end of the day, like, she's female, you know, she has ovaries. She's, <laughs> you can practically profile that person. Okay, so, you know, I, I know it's it's not okay. It's not okay to do that. Like, it's not okay to label and, like, to really, like, define them. But you also have to really understand that that's just, like, part of them, right? It's the same as me. Just because I look Asian or fat doesn't mean, like, I, I eat a cow for breakfast or a fly and a horse. Maybe you just have to understand, like, oh, okay, so she, her, according to her profile, she's most likely, you know, it's, it's a most likely thing, so... That's how I see things in terms of digital content. Like, it might be an audiobook, it might be podcasting, but at the end of the day, it's an audio format. You know, it's MP3 or WAV. That means it's audio, no matter what. So that's just how I see it. And, um, and in, in between all of this, from 2010 to 2015, I really do find myself stressing out and, because there's a thing, like, I was already, like, around 25, right? So I really didn't understand myself, plus other things as well. So it was, like, just stressing out. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I'm not learning that much. It, it was so easy for me to learn a lot of things. And now I just didn't know what to do. And I found myself distracting myself over hosting small stage live events. Uh, more on the rock genre, for sure. And it was, like, really easy because it's something that I've known already. You know, like, I'm, so locally and regionally, I have guess nothing much has changed since 2005 when it comes to music um it might sound different but the audience is still the same uh, the gadgets are still the same it's still guitar playing it would have been a little bit i mean like even if you put ai in that like the basic and the foundation is still the same um so i wasn't really in love with it it was just practically floating um i was having fun for sure because like you're doing that with friends well basically the people that i really see as brothers at some point and a few sisters that's why but like i was just, just really moody i guess i don't know i have no idea but i do know that I was just still grieving um but what was interesting were observing people 
networking and social climbing, the, the interpersonal skills are at play. And that's really something new to me, or not really new, just really always different. Like the different camaraderie, the politically savviness of people in different groups, like how they leverage themselves and how they, you know, it's just it's really interesting. It wasn't a bad thing nor a good thing. Well, maybe it's a good thing, but like it was interesting because I never done that. And if I do, I failed miserably. So yeah, but more of that in the next episodes. Then for 2015, you know, from everything that I've learned in the last decade, I decided to shift focus on digital marketing. Um, at the time, it just, you know, it was hard to get hands-on credible resources still because it's still in its infantry stage and phase. And I wasn't really expecting, like in my head, I'm like, oh, I just really need to learn more about digital marketing. Like I need to, and again, like we're autodidacts here, like you for sure. There are a lot of people who do, who does like, who, who teaches themselves by themselves have a lot of things most especially now that there is access but at the time it was really kind of difficult to be self-taught because the resources are not accessible but at some point like it just my instincts i just really need to learn digital marketing and i wasn't really expecting that i could go ahead and connect it with radio broadcasting to podcasting and i just have to learn all these distribution and promotions and marketing and content production and 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 all this shit in the middle and it just came for a circle for i mean full circle so and at the same time I was like studying uh different brands and products and services and companies like for example i follow the success story of innovative technologies like canva right canva at the time this goes the same with facebook as at the time in around 2014 2015 or 2013 they just piloted their advertising and business platform um, they were very careful about it they're very region specific that means it was it came out in the u.s but it's not really accessible yet in the apac regions or asia pacific or philippines more specific Maybe it was like it was rolled out in Singapore, but like in Malaysia and the Philippines, it's not. It was like it was it was it was crazy. And then you like you're working with overseas clients at the time, so you have to like create like a VPN so that you're able to use the you know you're able to use the service and the features. It was like it was just like in a span of seven days, you're I was mentally taxed as a professional at the time, but. I read what it, what's it about. And again, like the type of learner that I am, I need to have hands-on experience for it. So I used the mobile apps and pretended that I'm also a consumer because I'm a consumer. That's the only way that you can like learn more about it. So I was really focusing more on that, which is weird, right? Like it was in music. I wasn't really focusing on music. I wasn't really focusing on, on podcasting. It was just really just learning how to use these websites and these places and the smartphone revolution started out you know like we finally the philippines had access with smartphones at the time and it was weird because even though you have a smartphone we don't have mobile data yet but then in the united states at the time they already have mobile data so it was like a really weird um like you're like the philippines is so advanced and at the same time we're not you know and uh, that's why like people have to be more creative to actually get what they need so yeah um the only way to understand digital marketing was to be a target market yourself and i took note on how i behaved when i myself behaved in the social media in terms of you know the buttons the in-app you know it's user experience 
And then that's where I started developing what I can use for my own case study. And that's podcast stories with Alfaka Perpetua. So it really does full come circle. And um, I talk about music arts, science, and sex education and health because that's what I've known. You know, as much as I want to talk about mathematics, but I don't want to. And I'm not an expert. So, yeah. So basically, that's it. It's just sat subtle and not as substantial and significant, but I don't know if you're like listening to this podcast, if it's important for you, but it did help me push on my specializations, which is basically production as a whole for digital capitalization and commercialization. So when I see content, I just see formats and content types. If people say like, ah, oh, I, I want to be a book author, I want to write a book, in my head I'm like, okay, we're talking about paperbacks here, how much is the printing, how much is going to be distributed, uh, we need to get like someone who could lay it out and ready it as a different um, e-publication, so that means Mobi, PDF, whatever, <laughs> just like thinking about that already. Um, where are we going to start it? Where we should start it at Amazon? Um, is it like Kindle ready? You know, those types of things. In my head, if I talk to someone who wants to be like an author, I would say like, Do you, are you open with audiobooks or you just really want to be like a limited edition self-publishing? Do you want to, have you written about your manuscript? You know, that kind of process. So it's just, I am very boring behind the scenes. And at some point I can be really technical to a point that I always forget that I'm dealing with humans and I myself is human, my, you know, myself is human. So most of the experts that I know see it differently as more on the interpersonal side of things. I'm talking about like, again, going back to the multiple, the theory of multiple intelligences. When you deal with these things, you're dealing with people. So you have to be good at interpersonal, you know, social quotient. Like, are you good at dealing with people? But then at the end of the day, they're just entrepreneurs and business owners. So they have to do what they do best, which is create, maintain, leverage networks and uh, level up reputations. On the other hand, like the true introverted autodidacts that we are, that some of us are, we do find solace and comfort with technicalities. We find solace in actually understanding things. We we experiment, we, we test it out, we see if it's not working, then we do it again and again. It's just like, that's just a hands-on kind of person. is, And uh, we somehow have to offset, we're the offsets. I'm, I'm starting to think that we exist because the politically savvy people exist. And they do thrive in attention, external validation and networking. I'm not even like trying to throw shade here. That's the truth. And that's actually like something that I actually want to learn in the future. Actually, I'm learning now, but at some point I just really have to stop getting triggered all the time. <laughs> you know, when you're lactose intolerant and you are obsessed with ice cream, um, I'm not saying that's me, but... Uh, there is such thing as explosive diarrhea. So I guess it's like I need to tolerate bullshit <laughs> and not react to it. Like if I see someone or something, like their personalities have changed, I have to think, okay, she's working or they're working. So I need to be on working mode. But the problem with my working mode is like I'm a savage personal person. I'm a savage project manager and producer as well. So I really need to really die that down. I There's just so many things that I have to learn. And it's pretty courageous to say that out loud you know like the weaknesses that you have and if you somehow happen to be a sociopath who's going to use this for your own gain then my gut will tell me about that 
Anyway, that's pretty much the next goal, to really learn how to be politically savvy and to really respect, starting respecting the fact that being political savvy is, is part of the real world and real people. And uh, this is by way of not being quiet about it, you know, like after music and journalism, you know, content production, you've specialized that distribution and publishing and digital marketing and podcasting and project management, all, the, all these really pathetic things that people do. But it's, I guess it's time for me to kiss ass, fake it again until I'm supposed to make it. Act as if I have the ironclad confidence of a mediocre chinita woman. Fair-skinned, straight-haired, equipped with visible collarbones and a thigh gap, with a high-frequency voice, having brought up in a household of supportive and loving sets of Asian caretakers and parents. In other words, it's never gonna happen. Look, again, I don't hate women and people. I just know women and people. I actually know that, and I, I respect and I acknowledge the fact that there are people who have this type of targeted persona and they're really good at what they do. And just happens, usually, these people are happen to be ladies and they just happen to be good people as well. But it's my responsibility to learn how to play the game. I'm burping. Hang on. It's my responsibility to learn how to play the game. Not just study, not just analyze, not just critique. At some point in time, by hook or by crook, we are players of the game. So I better be well prepared for it. And this is me saying it out loud that I'm mentally and emotionally preparing for it. And that's where I went. And that ends our episode for the trip down to memory lane. So it's boring. I didn't really expect people to be listening to this, but like, yeah, that's the damn truth. Um, that's where I went. Just uh, basically just overcompensating for the lack of uh, a college diploma. I know it's not, I mean, now for sure it's been, you know, it's been proven over and over again by a lot of people already. And it, it, it's, 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 you can practically see that the, the information is very accessible online. But all I'm saying is like, at the end of the day, people are just compensating for something, for the lack of confidence, for the lack of love and just, just fucking insecure and high self-monitoring skills with bland personalities. But for me, I'm just over, really overcompensating for this, for the fact that I have not graduated college yet. And, you know, I guess like it's, it's my way of compensating the fact that like I could have gotten my, my college diploma in marine biology at some point. That would be interesting. But then in my head, I'm like, if I did, I wouldn't be able to learn how to do radio. I wouldn't be able to be media trained. I wouldn't be able to, to, you know, meet these seasoned journalists and whatever. I wouldn't have been part of that chosen 80. I wouldn't, you know, there's just these different paths and you just really have to be comfortable. And now that like here, you know, it's January 2024, it's pathetic if I'm just going to keep on like thinking I haven't accomplished anything because I have accomplished a lot. It's just my priorities have changed and I think I really need to sink what I think and what I feel. So I just really have to go back to self-soothing. We should talk about more about that, like the, the creation of narcissists at some point. Well, you know, as much as I want, I really actually really want, again, like I said, I can go ahead and like interview neuroscientists and uh, interview them. But uh, 
I'm as much as I want to, and as as much as you guys want to, because I think you guys are going to be interested with that. But like, I will always go back. I'm I'm currently on timeout right now, guys. I am punishing myself as a presenter. I'm going to be fucking complaining. My producer self and my project manager, they're 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 fucked up bitches. Okay, that those personas, I hate it. I really do. I hate. I'm. I don't want. I hate it. I'm doing this monologue shit because I need to really learn. I need to pause. And I really have to deal with myself. Sober, worst thing ever that ever could happen. <laughs> to a person is to self-soothe and self-regulate, label all this shit, self-regulate, and feel the feels sober. No cigarettes, no alcohol, no legal drugs, no sex, no dicks to suck. Just fucking sobriety. Okay, it is the most challenging thing. A person my age could ever go through, and I feel like I'm on rehab right now. Like I'm rehabbing myself, rehabilitating. I have to go through shit. So yeah, I may sound like it. Like I may sound like I'm okay, but you have to understand that I'm also a little bit like performing right now. So just letting you guys know that、um, it is not what it seems. But I'm. My proud that I'm doing this. I guess so, but it doesn't mean I can't fucking complain. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Tune in again next week. Supposedly and ideally every Monday nights at nine in Singapore time, but you know we're we're moving to PST right now, so we are we are moving to nine p.m. California time. But all I'm saying is I don't mean to be a wise ass. I don't mean to be a smart ass, but uh, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you guys next time, same time, same place at 9 p.m. Monday nights, either Singaporean time, Singapore Manila time, or California time, or Hawaii, or Guam. You know, the whole point there—it's it's still a Monday night at nine. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in again next week.